This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How did the return to Posh come about, Aaron? I think you was at Bradford at the time, was you? Yeah, so I was at Bradford. Um, the relationship between myself and the manager had broken down at Bradford. And I said, OK, they they wanted me to move on. So I said, OK, well, I'll move on, but I'm only going to go somewhere that I that I want to go. Um, they tried to get me to go to a few other clubs. And I just said, look, I'm not going to go unless, unless it's the right move for me. Peterborough found out that I was I was available for, for a transfer or available for a loan and they went they came in for me but the the money that Bradford were asking was way more than Peterborough were, were able to pay at the time so I just said okay well look unless I'm going to Peterborough I'm just I'm not going to go I'm not going to go anywhere so for eight weeks I wasn't allowed to go into the club I wasn't allowed to train I, I had to stay at home and train on my own Wow. And yeah, I, I literally just used to go running every day. Um, how how difficult was that for you then? Because it sounds terrible. Yeah, I'd say that was the toughest period in my career. Definitely, you know, um, from going from playing football every single day for however many years to to all of a sudden being sat at home for eight weeks, not being allowed to to even go to the training ground. I wasn't even allowed to train with the kids. For me, that was the toughest part. But at the same time, I knew that it was it was a case of just keep making sure that I keep my head, keep focused, and eventually, you know, they they allowed me to to come back to Peterborough. That must be quite a, I, a bit of taste I, in your mouth as yeah, well, though. Like, I, so really, you must really start to dislike the club. One. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's it's not even the club. I don't dislike the club because I think Bradford was a, a brilliant club. You know, and it's it's a club that I, I really I really enjoyed it when I was when I was there. I enjoyed I enjoyed being there, but you know, I think it's more of an individual thing. Um, mm. And my my relationship with with the people that were responsible for that obviously will never will never be mended. You know, for I look at it as you, they tried to to ruin my career, um, and that's taking food out of mine and my family's mouths which I don't I don't take kindly to so you know the relationship there will never will never be repaired in my eyes but it's it's something that I can move on from and you know I I, I had the opportunity to come back to Peter in the end so it it worked out for me yeah. I bet they made it even more sweet coming back to Posh after the horrendous experience you, you had had uh, 
eight weeks prior at Bradford. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was... To come back was was brilliant for me anyway. Just... Peter was a place that, you know, it's all the same, the same faces, the same people. It's got such a good vibe about it. It's, it's hard for me to explain to people what, what it's like being back at Peterborough. It's, it's, I can't really explain it. You kind of have to, it's more of a feeling than, than something you can really explain. But Peterborough is, this is my home. Do you know what I mean? This is the, the club that I love and the club that even when I left, you know, I'd, I'd always follow what Peterborough are doing. I was still in contact with, with people at the club. And, you know, it's a real, a real, a real family club and, and one that is, is very close to my heart. So I even think when you did move on to Hull, um, I, mem- I remember it happening and no, no fan was like, you know, it was all gutted you left, of course, but it was a case of like, you could have had your move much earlier, i.e. the Wolves bid. And I think everyone was just happy to see you actually get that move, um, you know, for yourself and to be added. Because I remember watching, I was watching Hall highlights, which I've never done and haven't done since. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we, we just wanted you to do well and, and, you know, and and I think you did overall. And, and I obviously think- you got to the Premier League as well, didn't you? Yeah, and I think that's just testament to to Peterborough as a club. You know, there were so many people. You know, I'd I'd have Peterborough fans would come to whole games, and you know, when I'm when I'm walking in, I'd see I'd see Peterborough fans, and they'd be like, "Oh, we've just come down to watch you. We haven't got a game, or we're playing uh, we're playing here, so we thought we'd come here." You know, it's the 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 people in Peterborough were were just unbelievable, man. It's it's something that I can I'd never forget. You know how how people treated me here, and it's something that I I've always wanted to to be able to repay that, and and you know I'm, I hopefully I'm I'm doing that. Just moving on to some general questions. Um, what was your biggest disappointment in your career? I'd say my biggest disappointment was not playing more more Premier League games. You know, I'd say that I think the time that we got promoted to the Premier League was a time where obviously we got promoted and then the club got a lot of money for that. So they were looking to bring in more established, more established players. And I wasn't one of those. I wasn't one of those that, that the manager wanted to keep. So, you know, I I would have, I would have loved to have have been there for longer in, in the Premier League, but yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably my only, my only disappointment. You scored a lot of goals in your career. Do you have a favourite? I know what he's going to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got yeah. to be that half volley surely nah, do you know what I'd, I'd, in terms of a favourite goal my actual favourite goal that I scored was probably for Hull against Sheffield Wednesday um, and it was in the season and we'd got promoted you know we was going through a little bit of a of a rough patch where we, we just couldn't win a game and then I scored we, we beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 I scored and from there we just we just took off again. And I just, I look back and I think, you know, that, that one moment, that one goal might have been the goal. You know, I'm not saying that's the reason we got promoted, but. It was a turning point though. Yeah, it was just, it was, that game was a turning point for us. And, you know, we went on, we ended up going on a great run and and getting promoted. And it's, I just look back at that and thinking, you know, in, in terms of important goals that I feel like I've scored over my career, that was, that was probably the, the most important for me. Do you have a favourite one for the posh? For the posh, the, the goal against Stockport was probably my best. I don't think I've ever hit a ball as cleanly 
as I did and, you know, for it to fly into the top corner and it was a strange one though because I remember when it left your boot I thought it was going out out the stadium and then it just had a massive dip on it yeah, and gone straight in the top corner it's just my Ronaldo technique you know I just thought <laughs> <laughs> before I finish playing I need to make sure that people know I can I can strike a ball from, from distance in, in terms of like in terms of regrets do you have a regret and if so what stands out being on this podcast <laughs> This, this question's a regret of mine already. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I, I don't. I don't think I have any regrets. I, there's there's times I would have liked to have done better. You know, I had a couple of loans. I went on loan to Ipswich. I went on loan to Birmingham. I would have liked my loan periods to have to have gone gone better. My return to Peterborough as a player, I would have liked to have scored more goals when I returned. Listen, that's just what happens at the time. So. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I have any regrets, but yeah, there's things that I would have loved to have have gone better than they did. Yeah, you mentioned Ipswich there. Do you know when we put um, the question out that we obviously we've got Aaron McLean on? There was a rogue Ipswich fan that got in, I think, and uh, mentioned something about um, I, I don't know, was it a comment you made on the town or something like that? We've not put it in, but the, oh, you're aware of it then? I didn't know if it was true. Yeah. Or not. Okay, so when I first went back to P- to Ipswich, um, or when I went there on loan. Myself and David McGoldrick both signed on the same day. My my ex-partner was from Ipswich. So I'd spent probably about eight years, you know, in and around Ipswich, back and forth, etc. So when I went back, we went for a walk around the town and then I tweeted something like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Ipswich hasn't, just like it hasn't changed much or something like that. I tweet, Anyway, I tweeted something which, <laughs> was purely just a bit of banter, really. Anyway, I had the mayor of Ipswich. No way. Um, Sent me a message saying about all the improvements that they've been making in the town. <laughs> I had the player liaison from, from Ipswich say to me, look, you need to delete the tweet and stuff. And I think it was in the local paper as well that <laughs> I'd, you know, I was slagging off Ipswich, which I wasn't because... I'd spent years in Ipswich, you know, it's, I was, I was familiar with Ipswich. So at no point did I mean the comment to be an insulting one, but you know, the way it was taken, yeah, the way it was taken was definitely not how it was meant. But listen, that's, that's the life of a footballer. You have to be careful of everything that you say, everything that you tweet, because things will always be taken out of context and, and no one loves nothing than, than negativity, unfortunately. So well, if that Ipswich fan's listening, hopefully that's, uh, that's put a lid on it for him. He'll be able to move on. Aaron, when you was playing, is coaching something you always had in mind? Did you always want to become a coach? Because I think, is it Dean Keats said, um, I don't know, he, along those lines, that he was surprised that you'd gone into coaching? Yeah, as a player, it wasn't something that I'd looked at. I just always thought once I finished playing, I probably would go into something else. Um, what, I didn't know. But I just thought I'd kind of venture into something different. But... I think my, what made me really want to want to become a coach was when I came back to Peterborough. I ended up being, you know, a first team coach or assistant, whatever it was, when when the manager left. And from that point, I thought, you know what, this is this is actually what I want to do. You know, I, I loved it. I loved going out there, and as a player, I was always one that wanted to help 
especially the younger players. I wanted to help the younger players. I always felt I was kind of a leader in the dressing room in terms of talking and, and organising. So those kind of roles dif- weren't different to me. But, you know, once I actually started coaching and started being involved in taking sessions and stuff, you know, I just got a real buzz for it. And I just, from that point onwards, I knew that once I finished playing, I'd I'd look to, to do coaching in some capacity. Do you think it's been an easier transition going from player to coach, given that you're working under someone, you, you know, you've, you've worked with for a long time, Darren Ferguson? I think it's been as, it's been easier than a lot of people's, that's for sure. Um, for me to be, I, I've, I only retired, you know, a few years ago and I've got an unbelievable role. You know, I'm first team coach at Peterborough United in League One. Mm. And under 23s manager, you know, I know a lot of people that have retired either at a similar time to me or, or a lot a lot earlier than me and haven't got that, that opportunity. And for me, working with someone who I respect so much and who has played such a, a massive part in, in my career and in my life, to be now working with him and you know, on a daily basis, being able to pick his brains and seeing how he deals with certain situations, seeing how he carries himself on the management side, you know, through man- through coaching eyes is, you know, for me, I couldn't I couldn't have asked for, for anything better. And the way it's all kind of just fallen into place for me is, is the transition's been, it's not an easy transition because, listen, you still have to be good at your job and you still have to work hard. But, in terms of where I'd want to be at this point in my life, it's it's as good as it gets, really. And what's the what's next for you? It, it ties in nicely with a, a question from Rob Green, who's saying, "Do you have ambitions to be a manager? And if so, would you um, want to manage at Posh?" I would like to be a manager one day. I'd like to I'd like to be a manager when I when I'm actually ready. You know, I'm I'm not ready to be a manager right now, and I've got so much to learn. But one day, you know, one day I would like to be a manager. And listen, I'd love to manage Posh, you know, years and years down the line. But, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think it's something that I'd do until I, until I felt I was ready. Mm. And in terms of getting ready and, and learning, I'm, I'm definitely in the best place. Do you have a difference of opinion like, of coaches and management now that you are one compared to when you was, you know, back in your playing days? Most definitely. I, I'd never realised how much, work and effort goes into being a coach you know I used to just turn up in the morning everything's there set out for you you just go out you train and you go home and I never really used to think too much about it but now being on the other side and the amount of detail and the amount of hours that goes into at the training ground and once you leave the training ground you know preparation for the next day for the next week for the for the season you know and I, I didn't realize so much went into it from all the backroom stuff um so yeah I've I've definitely got a newfound respect for for coaches and managers that I've had and I've realized that some coaches that I thought were good were even better than better than I thought and some that I thought weren't so good really weren't very good at all. 
Jacob Troughton has asked a good question, I think, is what would a new home stadium bring to the players in his opinion, in your opinion? And do you think that would be great for the club? Because there has been a lot of debate about this. A lot of people have been quite negative. I think everyone or most people who watch the posh, they're quite for having a new ground. I mean, there's a lot of people like me who don't like change, but I think it would be if we want to progress as a club and we've seen a lot of progression off the field in the infrastructure of the club, what do you think a new ground would bring to the club? I definitely think having a new ground will be a, would be a plus for the club because listen, if we, we, we've got ambitions of going and um, competing at championship level, you know, and in order to do that and in order to, to be seen as, as a big club, you have to have the stadium. You know, I think it would bring, to Peterborough in general, it would bring a, a real freshness. It would bring new fans in to go with the, the fan base that we've got. And for players, it's it's huge. Playing a, a great stadium, you know, we'd be able to attract even better players. And I think the whole, everything around it, I think, is, is, is a positive. You know, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And like you say, a lot of people don't like change. But in order to progress, you have to change. And the stadium is, is definitely something that can make a, a massive difference to, to not only the, the team and the club, but to, to Peterborough as a, as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I agree with what you just said, totally. Um, we've got some listener questions. Dale Pete says, who was the toughest defender he came across while playing for Posh and which strike partnership does he think was better? Him, CMS and Boyd or Mo, Ivan and Shariki Dembele? Oh, come on, he coaches them now. What's he meant to say? <laughs> uh, look, this is, this is Dale, not me. Okay, so the toughest defender while playing for Posh, we played against Man United in, in pre-season and I played against Rio and he was ridiculous. Like, he was... Literally, every run you made, he was already two steps ahead. He... If he did get into a race with you, he had the pace to be able to, to make up the distance. Um, and he just read the game so well. You know, he was like a Rolls-Royce on the pitch. Mm. So I reckon you'd still out-jump him, though. I'd still out-jump him. I don't know. <laughs> In terms of as a, as a player, he was one that I, I looked at and I thought, you know what, you are you're a top, top, top player. Myself, Craig and Boyd were most definitely better. <laughs> That's fair enough. You know, yeah, I, I thought you he was going to start comparing them, but no, I, he's right. <laughs> I feel like they can, they can be as good, if not better, but to do that, you have to win things. You have to be successful. Nice. And we was able to do that. We yeah. we won things and we was able to to carry teams when when the team wasn't doing well. So that's something that I think they they need to they need to be able to do. And they all have the ability. In terms of ability, all of them have got way more ability than I ever had. To be fair, Dembele was bloody awful at the start of the season, but he has become very good. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I think it's for him, it's, it's consistency. Because ability-wise, there's not many better in the, at this level. And even the level above, he's he's right up there in terms of ability. He's He just needs the consistency. And yeah. when he gets that, he's going to be a top, top player. Yeah. You know, he's got all the attributes to be able to go and play at the top level, no, no question. I'm Dembele glad that you mentioned is... about uh, the fact that you need to have won something 
um, and that certainly adds to the the status of the club. We're in the process of putting together our sort of best eleven, um, and it often comes up we'll we'll get a nomination through from a, a great player, but they've not won anything, and it, it it creates that conversation around the validity of them being a good player. Um, because can you be a good player and and not win anything? It leads nicely on to what I was thinking about earlier with our, our best eleven. So you'll undoubtedly come up in that conversation um, for our uh, one of our best strikers. If you disregard yourself just for a moment, who would you nominate for one of our uh, best striker positions? So this can be any player that's played as a as a striker at the posh. Well, past I'd say Craig. Mm-hmm. I'd say Craig Michael Smith definitely, um, because of what he brought to the team. His energy, his um, his work rate was second to none, mm-hmm. and he scored some so many goals. So I'd say past I'd say Craig. And present, I'd say Ivan, because Ivan, in this team, is he's the he's the leader of this team. He's the pin of the team, mm-hmm. and when he plays well, the team plays well. Yeah. Who do you who do you think the fans are going to choose? I think I, Ivan will be up there because I I think he'll go on if provided this season finishes, he'll win the Golden Boot. I think Craig will be up there for his amazing season. You know, I think thirty five goals. Uh, Golden Boot getting a promotion at, at Old Trafford, which is, you know, a standout, a standout day for for the club. So, oh, so day that was that was immense. So not Dwight Gale or British on Malonga, not yeah, players so, like that. They're both friends of mine, and I look at both of their times at, at Peterborough, and they were both brilliant. Both scored a lot of goals, but they wasn't there for a long period of time. Mm. Um, and because, you know, listen, they both went on to bigger and better things, which is testament to them. But I think in terms of the club and their history, I, I wouldn't just look at this, the short period of time that they had. And because they've gone on to have great careers, I don't think that necessarily means that you was a, one of the top players for that club. I think you, I think to be one of the top players at a club, I think you have to have spent a bit of time there and actually be part of the club, mm-hmm. like part of the furniture kind of thing. got a few comments from a few listeners. So Danny, who's a Forest fan, um, says, first time I saw Posh, I texted my mates after saying Aaron McLean and Craig McHale-Smith were going to rip Forest a new hole when we played him a few weeks later. Turned out that did happen. I was very impressed with Aaron McLean. What a player. Jake Davis used to love watching him and the lads bomb forwards. Whenever the Holy Trinity were on the pitch, you never felt like the game was over, even approaching 90 minutes, which I think we'd all agree with. Pete Hurick, who says, to be honest, he doesn't fall on my list of favourite players, purely because I tend to like players that I can identify with. He was far too fast, athletic and talented for me to understand, but I quite like that. Um, the only other question I was going to ask, Aaron, now I know obviously you're coaching the players and you've got to um, you know, be, be positive with them and, and absolutely it's a good squad. But do you think the team as it stands at the moment is good enough quality to get into the championship and then maintain a position there? I think they're definitely good enough, most definitely. Um mm. I'll look at what we've we've come up against and some of the especially some of the performances the lads have put in this season. You know, we I think they've more than proven. Um in terms of staying in the championship, listen, that's you have to continue to improve and you have to continue to work hard and, and put in the same the same effort that, that they've been putting in this far. You know, I think you'd you'd have to have a few additions, which 
I think any club getting promoted from from League One to to the Championship would need to do. Mm. But there's there's some top top players in in that dressing room, and there's mm. players that are probably more suited to playing in the Championship. You know, Dembele being one. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that a they've definitely got got the ability and, and more than enough ability to go and to go and play to get promoted to the championship and and the majority of that dressing room I think uh, are good enough to be able to go and compete sure okay final one from Jamie Ford says apart from uh, Craig Mikel Smith did you enjoy any other strike partnership while you was at the club I, I really enjoyed playing with Scott Rendell he was just he was total opposite to me he was slow but technically, he was such a good player, and he had such a good footballing brain. Um, yeah. And yeah, playing playing with Scott was, I'd say he was probably one of my favourite strikers to to play with. I had a really good footballing brain. It was just I was shit at football. <laughs> <laughs> you should just go on a podcast instead. Yeah, I should. Yeah, well, I'm sure we've been trying to be well. yeah. We've been trying to get him off for months. <laughs> Don't encourage him, Jesus. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're now joined by James from the Posh Report. James, you're here to give us some potential replacements. God forbid we ever lose uh, Ivan Tony. Yeah, well, obviously, there's been a bit of speculation about Tony in his future in the summer. I know if Posh stay in League One, it's definitely going to be quite hard to keep him. If they go up, I think they're quite keen to at least try and keep him. And that might be a possibility, depending on what the, the uh, market looks like in the summer. Um, but yeah, so I've just been looking at uh, potential replacements for him. Um, that fit of quite specific criteria of being under 24 years old, having room to improve, ideally as having a similar physical build to Tony and being as strong in the air and physically strong as Tony, but also trying to replace his technical ability, his goal output, um, his link at play and everything that he brings to the side defensively as well. I might just start out by throwing out to you guys, because I know we spoke about it whenever we last spoke and you were going to come up potentially some names. I wonder if you had any ideas. You think of, of good football as you'd want and then you look at it being, is it realistic? And 90% of my ones wasn't. Um, then you try and look at the young, the prospects coming through. I think there's that, Hep, is it Hepburn Murphy? He looks he looks a decent player. But again, I think he's at Villa, isn't he? And then you've got other players who score regularly at League One. Uh, is it James Norwood again? But he hasn't got the sell-on value and is already at a big club in Ipswich. Only Ali Palmer, but I know that he's, um, he's. I think I'm sure he's older than Ivan Tony. Uh, I like, I quite like watching him play, but he's a different type of player. It's difficult because Tony's yeah. so unique in his his all-round play, I guess. It makes it hard to find like-for-likes with him. I certainly wouldn't want to be a scout tasked with that job. I think it would be interesting because I think a lot of clubs may be financially on very thin ice after all this sort of blows over. So 
it, it, it may be a very unusual sort of um, time to start signing people. You might find that clubs that are financially stronger can sign players that they probably wouldn't have been able to sign 12 months ago. So it, it will be interesting to see how it pans out, I think. Funny enough, one of the guys you mentioned is on my top five list, list and that's Hepburn Murphy. The fact he's out of contract in June suggests that maybe they do have doubts about him. Do you think if they saw him as a long-term prospect, they would tie him down to a much longer contract? Um, he's got quite an impressive skill set. He's really quick. He's very skillful. He's a good dribbler. Technically very sound. Um, he's a creative player. He was on loan at Tranmere the first half of the season, averaged 0.9 key passes, so shot creating passes per 90 minutes, which, especially considering where Tranmere are on the table, is pretty impressive. He's quite good physically, but he's not great in the air, although he's six foot two. But you wonder if that's something maybe of the right coaching you could develop. And the favourite part of researching him was he scored quite a spectacular hat-trick against MK this season, which definitely scores a few brownie points. There's a couple of question marks over him. His defensive output's not particularly high, um, although he has the pace to press. I suspect in a different team, his output would be higher because I think a lot of that's down to Tramia playing quite a passive defensively in, in a fairly low block. But you can see tactically, he's intelligently, always quite intelligent defensively. Is he going to be good enough in the air? Because obviously, Posh used Tony as a link man a lot. Can he fulfil that role? And the biggest one is just his, his scoring record out on loan. So he got two goals on loan at Cambridge last season and only four in the first half of the season this year at Tranmere. So his goal rate on loan isn't great, although his uh, goal record in Premier League 2 is much better. He's got 11 and 19 over the last two seasons. But as yet, that's not quite translated into the men's game. But you wonder if with a permanent home and coach who had a lot of faith in him, you wonder if that would improve. It's definitely a signing you could see Posh making, that's for sure. Um, do you think we could get him on a permanent? What we'll see is there's a lot of players who are coming up to that 21, 22 years old in this list um, from teams in a high division. And it's the sort of thing where if you think back to the British Sombolonga deal, Watford only wanted to loan him originally, but Posh put in a bid which was probably way more than Watford were expecting any team in the lower leagues to pay for him. And that sort of twisted their arm. And you kind of wonder if they'd be able to do that again with Hepburn Murphy. Although, as I say, if Hepburn Murphy, his contract's still not been renewed. So he might want to get away and get first team football and may not see a permanent future at Villa as well. Again, the good thing about Posh is they have a, a record of developing young strikers. So maybe players who aren't getting a look at higher clubs will see Posh's dropping down as a springboard for like a year or two, like Tony has done coming down from Newcastle and now looking at a championship or potentially Premier League move coming up soon. Is Hepburn Murphy number one on your list or have you got, a, you got another favourite? Uh, number one on my list is George Hurst. So he's, again, at Leicester City under 23s. He's joined Leicester for just under 500,000 last summer. 21, England Youth International, six foot three. Physically, he probably is a little bit slim. He's not quite physically developed yet completely, but he is really good in the air. He's quick for his size, surprisingly quick. Carries the ball really, really well and is technically really good. Um, the, old, the old saying, good feet for a big man, definitely applies to him. Decision-making is good. He seems to know when to pass, when to shoot. Defensive output's pretty good. He's a goal threat from indirect free kicks. And what I think is important as well is 
in the, in the Leicester under 23 side, he fulfills the same role at defensive corners as Tony does and does that role quite well. The question marks about him are, he was at OH Leuven in the Belgium second tier last year when Nigel Pearson was manager and he didn't do particularly well. He, he showed flashes um, and you could make a decent highlight reel, but he wasn't very consistent. He only scored three goals, although he did manage to get five assists. So you can see his creativity coming out there. But the thing I like about him, I think of all the players I've found, he's the one whose ceiling and potential is the highest. I think if you're saying, if you're looking at players who could potentially go on and play in the Premier League in the future, he's the one who I'd say yes with the right coaching he could. And he's one who's really at a pivotal point now. He's 21. He's not featuring a single first team squad at Leicester, which gives you the impression that maybe Rodgers doesn't fancy him. And he's also maybe not a typical Brendan Rodgers forward. If you think of like Ineatu and Vardy and the role they play in Leicester's setup, Hurst isn't going to perform that role. He's not quite as quick. He's not quite as good as stretching play, although he can do it to an extent. He wouldn't be the counter-attacking threat that Leicester would be looking at. You're probably looking at them getting close to the club record, if not breaking the club record sign-in, to have a chance of getting him permanently. I don't think the club would want to get a loan deal in um, because they're going to want to get someone in who they can then develop and sell for profit in the future. So I think we're looking at permanence only. Stephen Humphreys at Southend. So Southend have obviously had a pretty appalling season, but they've actually got a few talented young players. And I think Humphreys is a pretty good match to Tony. Um, so six foot one, movement's good, decent first touch, good technique and dribbling. In the past, he's shown to be a good finisher, though his finishing this year hasn't been great and his conversion rate, especially inside the box, has been pretty low. But I think I think he's a better finisher than he's shown this season. Um, I was actually surprised by how good technically he was and, and how good his movement was. Um, that was something I wasn't really expecting from him and I haven't only seen glimpses previously when they played against Posh um, and obviously didn't get much of the ball. But when you actually got to see him on the ball, he was... He was far more impressive than I was expecting. Callum Morton's another player that I'm pretty keen on. He's currently on loan at Northampton from West Brom. 6-1. Movement and positioning are excellent. He's a very intelligent player. He's not great in the air. What he is good at is linking plays. Really good at pinning the defender, bringing over plays into plays. Chest control is really good. He's got five goals in nine games at Northampton where he's been since January. And he's got five and 14 in the National League at Braintree. The one more that I'm keen on is Colton Morris. So he's a bit older. He's 24. Um, currently on loan at Milton Keynes and has previously been on loan at Rotherham at the start of the season and Shrewsbury previously. Thinking of build, he's a really good match for Tony. Really strong, good in the air. Technically, he's really, really good. Movement's good. Carries the ball pretty well. He's quite a creative player. So at Rotherham, he averages 1.3 shot creating passes per 90 minutes, which is a really good output for a striker. The question mark is his goal scoring. He's never been prolific when he's been on loan. So at Shrewsbury, he got six in about 40. He only got a couple on loan at Rotherham. And he's got about two and nine so far at Milton Keynes. I suspect he's won. He's got all the abilities and potential to replicate a lot of what Tony does. I suspect he's one who, if he had a permanent home, again, I think he, he could he could thrive. But as I say, I think I'd probably have him lower down the list than others just because his goal scoring potentially 
hasn't been as good as it could have been. Listen, if any of them rock up at Posh this summer, I think you need to be demanding some agent fee or some kind of thing there. Well, I don't I don't know about that. I'm sure they already have a list uh, separate to what, to what I've come up with. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Hepburn Murphy was on there. I think um, that that's a good shout. That one. not because I've said it, but <laughs> I think, uh, when I did look into it, I think that that would be the one for me. But we will see what happens. And um, listen, James, thanks very much for that, mate. Um, it's given us a bit of an insight on who is out there and who we could be signing. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what the summer brings when we get back to football. Kisby, I think we've got some correspondence. Um, Jamie Jones says you're doing a great job. Fellows, um, getting all these episodes out. Well, we haven't got anything else to do at the moment, in fairness. Um, Paul Cashman, cheers, lads, for the shout out. Made my little girl on this miserable, rainy Saturday morning. Um, Wycliffe, I enjoyed it, the Kieran Scarf episode. There's a lot of Kieran's whole demeanour that reminds anyone who knew him of his dad, Graham. Um, one tip coming from someone who's done lots of question and answers as well as radio stuff try not to do the Alan Brazil way of asking questions as it's just as in just ask it and don't give examples of what the answers may be in the question let the interviewee think of his own answers I hope we've let you thought about your own answers we're going to get rinsed again Keep up the good work, although rest assured you aren't getting any yellow seats in the new stadium, nor the stand at the academy, because we want some yellow seats, you see, this we'll have to change our name. And Andy Gooner says, first time listener, I enjoyed it. So thank you. Listen, Jason and Randy have said they're going to put four yellow seats in, so... We've got to hope that does happen. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Thanks to Aaron for joining us. Massive thanks, Aaron. It's been brilliant having you on. And I hope that weren't too wasted too much of your evening, Aaron. No, no, it's brilliant. William, really enjoyed it, guys. Good. It's we really on, enjoyed having you having you on. At the risk of sounding like I'm, I'm just sucking up there, Aaron, it's, uh, it is a real privilege. And you'll always be remembered fondly um, by the posh fans. And I think you're an unusual player in as much as when you did move on, you had nothing but best wishes from the fans. A lot of good players, when they leave clubs, fans don't want them to succeed in the same way because they kind of feel attached to them wanting to be their player. Um, but you always carried yourself so well on and off the pitch that nobody ever had anything or nobody does have anything other than good stuff to say. So, um, no, it's a, it's an honour to speak to you. No, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again. I really do appreciate it. No problem, guys. Cheers. Bye, mate. Thank Cheers, you. Guys. Take care. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. bye. Thanks to contributors, everyone who sent in our own questions. Sorry if we've not read it out, but we did We did get loads. Um, remember to support our campaign to get into the top 10 Football UK podcasts on iTunes. We're not far off. Follow us on Twitter at The Yellow Block. Like us on Facebook, Facebook forward slash The Yellow Block. And tune in next time on iTunes, Acast and Spotify. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.